Just shot us a fellow and took his boots. I customized my rifle like it's 1862. Just scammed a pirate out of his golden tooth. I want to colonize this land, but it's full of Zulus. Just shot us a native and killed him. Bingo! If you don't speak English, you must learn the lingo. If I catch Winston Albans, you better wear a helmet. I keep my royal garments clean. Velvet! You're going to go to Australia if you commit a crime. When I get on the gramophone, I bust a rhyme. Dad, if you are going to talk about naughty things in front of these American girls, then at least speak English English. All right, my son. I could have had it away, but it's cracking Judy, my old China. Are you telling pork pies in a bag of tripe? Because if you are feeling quiggly, why not just have a Jay Arthur? What, Billy? No, mates. Too right, you. Don't you remember the crimbo din din we had with the grotty scotch mm. bin? Oh, the one that was all sixes and sevens. Yeah, yes, yes, she was a travelling striper. The Morris dancer lived up the apples and pears. Oh, yes, yeah. she was the barrister that became a yeah. bobby in a lorry. Yeah. And they gave her the gatling gun in the bottom of St. Regis tea kettle. And then she sat on a turtle. <laughs> oh, God, we had some good times, eh? We had some good times, eh? What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today. Special day. Right? Special? special very special we are finally i can say the proper terminology i don't even know if that's a word we're jumping across the pond five hours ahead of my time we're going to england Whoop. got ben Sterry on the on the line what's up man hey man thanks for having me uh yeah so as you said it's five hours ahead so it's roughly quarter past four in the afternoon with me at the minute so yeah thanks for uh yeah thanks for fitting me in and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to it yes sir so if anybody's wondering ben is the fella that sent me i shouldn't say me my family uh some british snacks uh some drinks and all kinds of shit uh <laughs> and we got to try it out made a youtube video out of it and all that good stuff and it was pretty fun so I look forward to sending him some stuff and see what he Me and Rachel are super excited to see what see what you come up with. Oh, and have but... you tried the Marmite yet? No, I still haven't. I know, I know there'll be British people who would have watched that video and people listen to the podcast going, have you tried the Marmite yet? Because that is, it's love it or hate it, I think it's amazing. Rachel can't stand it. Somebody actually commented on it and said, have you tried it yet? And I'm like, no, I gave it a smell. <laughs> and that's that's enough for you it's like just put it in the cupboard and forget about it <laughs> yes uh i was actually so i made some toast with some peanut butter this morning uh and i'm sitting there like i should try it that way i could tell him but i'm like no because what if it ruins it <laughs> peanut butter and marmite again a great combination so i don't again you probably don't have marmite but over here you can buy pre-mixed marmite and peanut butter jars okay okay it's a great combination it's the sweet and salty I promise I will make a video tomorrow morning and I will send it to you with peanut butter and marmite on wheat. Yeah, bread. I think like if, if you're not liking the smell, at least you know I think you'll probably get on with it a little bit better if you mix it with the peanut butter. I'll try it. I promise. <laughs> anyway, Ben has been around this podcast basically since the beginning, right? I, I'd imagine so. You. Yeah, pretty pretty early on. You know, I I think you were probably you were definitely under ten episodes when I found you, uh, caught those up, and then yeah, you know, we've we've sort of exchanged messages and 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 things have gone from there. And tuning yeah. every week, and yeah, 
Yeah, I've uh, I've been trying to get you on, but it's just like the timing, you know, obviously different countries and all that good shit. But I'm glad you stayed in contact and stayed with me here on this thing. No, but, I appreciate uh, you for having me. Like I say, it's, it's completely difficult. Like when, you know, when I'm five hours ahead and, you know, we've all got busy lives and work and family and everything else. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, well, I think we should jump into it. What do you think? Uh, you know, let's go for it. Let's, let's do it. Dive into your history a little bit. And, uh, you know, you do something a little bit different than the rest of us. I, I, I guess I'm sure there's people that listen that do the same thing, but yeah, it's definitely, I, I think more of a, a niche market compared to like, you know, sort of normal like agri fitters or, or plant fitters. But, um, yeah, so I'm a, a gas generator tech, um, working on all sizes of, uh, of gas power generators anything from like 125 kilowatts so that's more if you're thinking like a, a small truck uh, maybe like a, a small rigid truck i don't know i don't know how you guys describe your lorries over there um sort of guess like a little straight a six what? man a lorry lorry what? yeah so a lorry uh, we call trucks lorries oh okay well that's like the what do they call them in australia ukes i think i don't know but it's, no, just... it's crazy like different terminologies but yeah so yeah. that yeah so a truck for you guys is a lorry for us okay, okay. um so yeah so i think like a straight six out one of those that's probably one of the smaller gas engines that i work on up to um yeah back a six series which have like a 19 centimeter i think it's a 19 centimeter bore so you can just sort of get imagine imagine the sort of size of, of those engines you know you're, you're walking up onto a platform so you can you know access the spark plugs and heads and things like that so hmm. It's it's varied and yeah, then the gas comes from all different places as well. Uh, I mean, so the the fuel's never consistent. We have uh, biogas, uh, natural gas, which is the same sort of thing that you cook on, cook your baked beans with, um, and then uh, landfill gas. Where we do a lot of landfill stuff. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's varied. Every day's different. Um, it's pretty smelly. A lot of the sites I go to absolutely reek, absolutely reek. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. No no two days are the same and. You see some pretty cool things, you know, you're driving around the side of a big open cast landfill site thinking like, fuck me, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of shit that's going to go in there and that's going to fill up pretty quickly. I can imagine. As well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard my biogas story. Uh, I, I'm so glad I don't work for a dealership no more. It was terrible. So that was the, the load that was covered in shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Human, no, I feel human you. shit, grease, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and they had these ponds that, you know, had tarps over them. That's where they call lagoons. The That's what we call them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> ruined it for me. We'll never go back. Yeah. So I think uh, I, I could sympathize a bit with it. Like a lot of the, the biogas sites, it's mainly just, um, you know, it's all different crops and veg and stuff like that. They're putting into their digesters to make the gas. So it's, it's not too bad, but I think the worst site we have a, a site that uses, um, offal and animal blood as their main feedstock. Hmm. Uh, so it literally comes in by a by a, you know, a lorry tanker or a truck tanker, and the smell like they get deliveries twice a week. And if you get if you're there on you know on a job that day and it's short, I've never smelled anything like it. It is vile. But they've got like the same like you were saying, they've got loaders and stuff that are pushing all that sort of stuff around, and they're just covered. Like, I just couldn't do it. So like, hmm. I'm, I'm just thankful. Like you know, we deal with the smells and stuff, but I don't actually have to get involved with the with all the shit. <laughs> If you like, you know, just you know, oil and uh, oil and you know, metal and stuff like that's fine. But I don't want to be go waiting for all that crap. I feel like you know, mm. fair play to the guys that do, and I, and I hope they get paid well for it. But I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's like the, you know, the the people mad props to the people that have to go in to like houses and stuff and clean up 
Oh, like if you dead. watch some of the hoarder shows or like, yeah, the dead, yeah, the dead bodies, like dead scooping bodies. up the stuff. Yeah. They got to oh. clean, cut the carpet out and hopefully it didn't go into the floor. <laughs> and oh man, but good for them. I will never yeah. do that shit. <laughs> anyway, how did you, uh, what made you want to do what you do? Like, where'd you start out at? So I think looking back, like hindsight is probably a wonderful thing. I think I was probably always inevitably going to end up doing something like this. So I'm a, I'm a first generation tech. So, you know, my, my dad's worked in tourism all his life and I haven't got like a granddad or anything that was a, a tech. So I'm a first generation tech, but growing up, I was absolutely tractor mad, farm mad, like John Deere's, especially I was like big in, big into my John Deere's when I was younger, you know, so we'd have lots of like um, vintage tractor show meets and stuff over here. And um, mm. so we'd go to that and plow matches, stuff like that. So I was absolutely mad for it when I was younger. Um, then, so yeah, we went through school, you go through school, you grow up a little bit and you sort of drop in and out of things. And um, I kind of got, I don't know how your school system works, but over here, I think it's changed now because you have to stay in school a bit longer. But when I was back in school, so we'd have um, exams at uh, age like uh, f- between 15 and 16. And that was the choice where we'd go, like, well, I want to carry on in education and go on and do like A levels and stuff like that. And eventually go to university or where you can, you know, you can get out of school and, and go work. Um, so it was getting to that point and And I wasn't 100% sure on what I actually wanted to do as a career at that point, you know, age sort of 15. But um, I had to start volunteering at. Um, like we have like things called preserve railways over here so it's all like old railway locos and stuff like that and it's like day trips like family day trips that sort of thing mm. and uh, i'd have been helping out down there and uh, it was mainly like cause it was a steam railway so it was all big steam engines and stuff like that and one day that we had like a couple of like diesel shunters and this this guy came over and said oh, i really need your help just to come you know, change this pipe or whatever it was i remember we went down to this pit and you know the, the old thing this, this thing was like you know 50 60 years old so this thing was covered in oil and grease and crap and you know, helped to get this pipe out we changed this pipe and i remember kind of like covered in oil and just thought right this is i really enjoy that this is what i want to do don't know why but i you know this i want to be like elbow deep in crap for the rest of my life <laughs> uh so yeah so um he at the time worked for a, a very large um diesel generator rental company um i did my work experience with him so that was pretty cool i actually got i actually not met but i seen uh, rowan atkinson you know mr bean mm-hmm. so we would do it went with him to do a, a service job on a, a a big posh uh bank in london one of these banks where you have to have like so many zeros at the end of your uh, account to, to actually get an account there and if we walked in, walked straight past him, he was there at the, the at the cash teller or whatever you want to call it, you know, paying in or taking some money out. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, well, I, I grew up in I grew up in a, a small sort of village on the the Welsh border. I don't know again. This, I don't mean to offend anyone if I'm going to say this, but when people think of Britain, it's not just England. There's different countries that make up Great Britain. So did I say London or did I say Britain? At the beginning, I can't. I can't remember. I, know, I, can't, I can't either because so I probably I lived, said it. Fucking I live pretty close to London now, so okay. I, I, you know, you'll be forgiven if you did say London. But yeah, <laughs> so there's yeah, there's four countries that make up Britain, and I grew up um, on the Welsh English border. Now, quite a small town, very nice place to live if you want to go and retire there. But there's like no work opportunities. Hmm. So I really like. So anyway, I really enjoy sort of going out and and helping uh, helping this guy on like, work experience on generators. So like, right, I want to get into the generator industry. Absolutely fucking impossible. You, you search online for generator jobs and it's like we're after experienced techs, experienced generator engineers, this, that, and the other. And it's like, what? Well, how am I ever going to get experience if no one is going to give you that job to start with? Um, so went for, a, so I sort of realized, okay, I'm not going to get into the generator again. And uh, the girl I was dating at the time, her brother was a, a truck mechanic. 
and he was working at like a local haulier company and he's like oh we're looking for apprentices you know would that be something you'd be interested in so i was like okay this sounds interesting you know it's still engines and oil and grease and crap and whatnot uh so i went down went down there had my interview and you know long story short you know really like what i saw the workshop and all that crap offered me the position as and to join them as an apprentice and that's kind of my was my first foot in the door if you like to you know actually trying to make some money out of doing this so sidebar right there uh yeah i'm glad you brought up that so i don't know if you've listened to the scruff dog episode obviously uh he talks about apprenticeships in Australia. Mm-hmm. How is uh, your apprenticeship program there? And is it kind of the same there in England or completely different? How does it work out over there? So there's two different ways you can be an apprentice or have an apprenticeship, if you like. So you can have what's uh, probably called as like a sponsored apprenticeship or just a normal apprenticeship. So because I was uh, in a workplace at the time and they were putting me into an apprenticeship, it's like a sponsored apprenticeship. So I would be in work four days a week and then have like a day release to college to learn that sort of more theory, theorial, theory, theory <laughs> side of, uh, of the job and all that sort of stuff. And they, they do like, you know, they, the first few years you do a bit of like English and maths and stuff like that because it is aimed at like school leavers and things. But um, so that that was why I did. So I, I was quite fortunate like where we grew up there. The college that I got sent to was one outside of like main dealer colleges was in the top three independent colleges for for heavy goods vehicle uh, mechanics and they were like closely linked with a, a truck company called man and they got you know they were supplied they had a bus there they had a whole truck they had a, a stripped down chassis engines and gearboxes and all sorts that you know you could just take apart and put back together and things um so so that was pretty cool but if it was if it wasn't a sponsored apprenticeship then you could go you'd go and do like five days a week in college as an apprentice and you just learn everything at college there would be no like on the job learning or anything like that it'd all just be college-based but Weird. The preferred way, I think, I, over here is, is aimed that you can find a find somewhere that you can get a job and get a placement, and then get them to sponsor and basically pay for you going to college. Wow, yeah, I guess, I guess it, it's kind of the same. Then as Australia, we don't have to do any of that stuff here, unless I, I could be wrong. I think unions we have to do that, right? Yeah, because you sort of you because it's quite a like a contentious subject, isn't it? With you guys, you either have the whole like. You know, do you spend X amount of thousands of dollars and go to a trade school or a tech school for how many years, or do you just knuckle down and make a start and and get working on the job? Yeah, that's what I did straight out of high school, mm-hmm. right to work. But yeah, it's it's a it's a hell of a lot different. I almost kind of wish sometimes we did that type of stuff over here, though, because I think we'd have a lot more qualified young people. I think like like when I so I don't get me wrong, I was never. I'd say I was pretty good academically. You know, I, I was, you know, getting B's and stuff, B's and A's, you know, for all the tests and things like that. But it got to the point in school where I was just like, I just don't want to come back. I don't want to go and do that next level of education. It, there's nothing, there's no, you know, there was like, I think there's one course I wanted to do and that was, they call it design and technology. So you, you know, design and make shit basically. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough people that want to do that course. So they didn't run that course for the following year that I was was going into at school. So I was like, this, I don't want to come back and do like maths or English or geography at A level because I don't, it's not. It's not a job out there that I. I would need that. that I want to go and do. How do you know how to and, talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've got awful handwriting and my spelling's pretty shit. But yeah, I can. You know, I can. I'd like to think I can hold a conversation. Um, but yeah, it was really strange. And I. And I, I think I don't know whether it happens over there. But over here, like as soon as you, like sort of let the school know that you're not coming back or you're not interested in returning for that next level of education. Like my teachers just washed their hands of me. Like I, it was, it was so strange. You don't, you didn't get any like sort of 
and didn't get any extra help. Like if you were struggling and things like that, you would just literally push the side and went, it doesn't matter. He's not coming back next year. So it doesn't matter what grades he gets because we don't have to worry about him anymore. Is this, um, was that in high school for you or? High, yeah, high school. Oh, so okay. that was like, uh, that was age like 14, 15. I got lucky. I got, I was homeschooled in high school because I was a bad kid in junior high and stuff. So uh, okay. uh, it was pretty smooth sailing. I didn't have to worry yeah, about it. Yeah, you didn't have to deal with all didn't have to deal with all that then. Yeah. But anyway, go on. Yeah, so so yeah, finally decided I was leaving, got there, got my position at the the, the haulage company and started so I actually started there before I even had my exam results. So like I don't know over here when you when you're doing your GCSEs, which is like your high school exams, you get a longer summer holiday. So you do the exams like I think it's probably June, July time, and then you get like an eight week summer holiday before you go back and start your A levels. So I didn't get that. I literally, as soon as we were finished in school, I was straight into work. So I, you know, I think I probably had a week off and then I rolled straight into starting my apprenticeship. Um, and that was pretty tough because that was probably a good, I lived a good 15 miles away from where the, where the depot was and where the workshop was. And you can't drive over here until you're, you can't learn to drive at least until 17, I think. Oh, wow. So I was relying on a lot of like, you know, lifts from my parents, lifts from my girlfriend at the time, her parents, uh, like, buses like you know it was two or three buses plus like a mile walk and things like that so you know I, I i was committed like it was definitely something i wanted to do and one of the things that i always remember stuck with me was like very early on in college our tutor sat everyone in the class down and went round the room one by one and said you know why why do you want to do this why do you want to be here why do you want to be an apprentice and so many people said oh it's just a job and i and i remember at the time and it still hits me now like i can't get my head around how you would go into something like this like a tra any trade you have to just be us in front spanners and stuff but go into any trade just because it's a job and not have any sort of passion or desire to actually want to do this work and, and lo and behold like you know I, I've, I've sort of kept in touch with a, a few of them but the majority of the people i remember saying like oh this is just a job aren't techs anymore they, they are there and some of them didn't even finish their apprenticeship Gosh, and dang it. sorry my buddy keeps trying to <laughs> the call camera me. flashing on it. Well, no, no. So my my buddy Buddha, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's trying to call me. And, uh, anyway, dude, I'm fucking busy. Leave me alone. Yeah, go the fuck away. Why do you call me now? <laughs> it's almost like he knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, sorry. Sidetrack. Um. Anyway. So yeah, no, I know what you mean though. People, you know, getting into it just because it's probably going to pay well eventually. That's yeah, they're, they're seeing they're seeing the end goal, but yeah. yeah, they haven't got that desire or or want to to learn and get better at it. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. And I, and I, you know, I've worked with people over the years, and you know, who are adults, and they're like, oh, it's just a job, it's just a nine to five and stuff like that. So I get it. You know, there's there's tough work days and there's good work days, but ultimately, I you know I do what I do because I I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, as daft as it sounds, you know, it, it, it you know I, I take great satisfaction from hitting shit with hammers and throwing spanners at stuff and you know, hopefully fixing it as well, you know, <laughs> not making it worse. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just never sat well with me. And I don't, and I kind of wish that they had someone that would sit them down and just be a bit more honest with them and go like, well, what the fuck are you doing then? You know, <laughs> go find somebody else, you know, because <laughs> this job, like, you know, we've all had, we all have our fair share of bad days. So, you know, and if you don't, if you don't like your job, it's going to make it 10 times worse, isn't it? So yeah, there's days, you know, why am I doing this? And then, you know, at the end of the week it pays off, but whatever. Yeah. And um, you get through it. Do you, do you all have unions, union jobs out there? Uh, so there is unions, but not, I, I don't know of any in like from a tech point of view, a lot of it's more um, 
like railway workers, yeah. uh, like steelworks and that sort of thing, like the big corp, right, big corporations and big sector industries. But yeah, I'm not aware of any for uh, for text, but I could be wrong. I've to be honest, I've not really, um, I've not really looked into it. Hmm. But because over there, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger, isn't it? You have like actual union states. So I don't know how that works. Yeah, we have union states. Texas is not one. Sometimes it would be cool, I guess, if it, there would be. But at the same time, I could see why they don't want to deal with it. But so, so what actually is it? What what benefit does that give you as the employee? Honestly, I've only worked one union job. And I was there for like three months and it was just so I could pay the bills. But I don't know in-depth details of how it works. I need to get somebody on here that works a union. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Ba- it could give us all a lesson. <laughs> basically, I really don't want to explain it because I don't want to sound stupid. But the best thing that comes to mind is almost like a insurance for your job. Yeah, so you it's know. like an extra level of protection between you and your employer. Yes, and right, got you know, if you, they try to get you in trouble for something stupid, um, your union could come to bat for you. Right, and, got you. But like I said, I got a buddy that works union. I should probably get him on here. He can explain it better, especially yeah. being in the heavy equipment world. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Now let's do that. Hit him up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I just like to ask those questions though, just because, you know, there's different people, you know, they want to know, Oh, you know, how is this place different than where I, cause I got people that listen everywhere and it's surprising. Like, Oh, I'm listening from Brazil, you know, and like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then just sort of the, people like to compare how different it is in uh, yeah, different countries. And people, it helps as well. If people are looking for overseas jobs, they're thinking like, Oh, maybe I'll go to England or Britain if you like it. And, you know, but they don't have unions, so I'm not interested in it. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's good to know. Yeah. And people like to hear backstories, you know, all that stuff. And mm. But what else you got? Is that is that it for you? you, you... Uh, no. So that was just the start, like, oh. without having to waffle on too much. But that was just the start <laughs> of, like, a bit of a strange start to my apprenticeship. So, yeah, I started there. And, and, you know, early doors, everything seemed cool. You know, obviously super young, super keen, just wanting to get involved with everything and do anything. Um, so then it came around to like the September, we started going to college and it seemed to be like every other, so it was up, so I'd be in work four days a week and then on the Friday would be the college day and I'd have to you know, go off to college and stuff like that. So it got to a point where it was like every other week, my boss would come out on Thursday going, you can't go to college tomorrow, we're too busy. And you're like, okay, you know, but young, you know, wouldn't say Buddha would she was okay, yeah, no worries, you know, okay, no problem. Yes, boss. <laughs> and uh, and it got to the point that there was one day, and he's like, "You can't go to college tomorrow. We're too busy." And so I come into work the next day, and like even all the like the regular sex because at the end of the day, I was just you know a glorified fucking sweep and tea maker and whatever you know, and passed me the spanner and stuff at that point. But you know, even like all the other all the, the qualified techs and stuff were, were like a lot quieter than normal. There was a guy stood around. There wasn't you know as much defects to do. There wasn't much servicing as normal. So I actually. You know, said to my boss, you know, just normally out in the workshop, you know, in front of in front of everyone, like, you know, why couldn't I go to college today? You know, we're not busy, and no word of a lie. In front of all the other sets in the workshop, he squared up to me, like, no stones in my face, said, "If you've got a fucking problem with my decisions, let's take it outside and sort it out." And it was at that point I was just like, "What?" You know, like I don't, like I'm a softy, I'm a proper gentle giant, I'm not <laughs> one for conflicts at all. So that like proper knocked me for six. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they're supposed to have my best interest at heart and like want to look after me. And there was an old boy that came and spoke to me afterwards, someone who was probably quite influent- influential for me early on, um, who literally sort of said like, "You need to get out of it. You can't miss college. Like, you know, if you don't go to college, they'll kick you out of college, and then you don't have an apprenticeship." 
and he was like, I've got a, I've got, I, you know, I know the manager of the local main dealer down the road for Scania. Again, a, a truck manufacturer. I don't know if you guys have Scania's in America. Uh, we don't, but I've heard of them. I think there might be some, but I've okay. heard of them. Yeah, so he 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 rung his mate down there, and they're like, "Oh, we've just so uh, just had an apprentice sort of finished, but you know we're looking to take one on the, the sort of the in six months' time or the following year or whatever." Um, so I, he passed on the details, and I went down and spoke to them, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't realize you were already enrolled in college and stuff like that." So this makes it so much easier. Like we have a vacant position, so you know we, we're more than happy to take on your apprenticeship. But at the time, it was they were sort of like, "What they've been, what you've been paid?" And I was being paid five pound an hour at the Horlier, which for an apprentice is like ridiculously good. So like over here, if you're an apprentice, there's no like minimum. I think there's like a minimum wage, but it's like for apprentices, but it's completely different to normal minimum wage. So I was like, you know, I was sixteen, getting five pound an hour, like you know, living at home, you know, just literally have all the money to spunk on whatever I wanted. You know, it's just like living like a king at that age. <laughs> and uh, and that was probably the hardest decision I had to make. But they sat me down, they're like, "Yep, yeah, we want you. You can come and work for us, and come work in the main dealer." But you're gonna to have to take a hell of a pay cut. And I thought, what do you mean? It's like we pay our, our first year apprentices two pound fifty an hour. So it's literally like half my paycheck. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I and I'm thankful. I, I remember sitting down with my dad and talking it through. And and um, you know, I think at that age you get a bit blind, thinking like, yeah, oh, I know, but I'm actually earning money, and I've got all this spare cash and stuff like that. But it was the right thing to do. Like take that pay cut, take it on the chin, and actually, you know, get through and have a solid apprenticeship and a stable learning platform to sort of help make me a uh, sort of help me away and make me who I am or start making me who I am today. So I did that. So I, I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. And the other thing as well, that like you couldn't leave your toolbox unlocked in that workshop. So, so I remember like, I remember one of the first things I ever bought off a snap on truck was like a half inch, uh, like long handle ratchet. We were doing cab mounts on the truck was in the workshop. We were doing cab mounts on it. And it was T rates high. And I left it on, left it on the front bumper of the truck, like where it's folded down. When I had to brew with everyone else to come back and the thing is fucking gone. Everyone's like, no, I've not took it. And I've not took it. And, and then the only other people it's other text and I dropped to that and then I literally from that moment forward I had to lock my toolbox every time I walked away from it. And again, that was another toxic sort of trait of that of that company and the people that work there. And it's just I couldn't can't be dealing with it. Couldn't be dealing with it. So I, I got out and I was very glad I got out. Um so yeah, so that got me sort of like you know, going through my apprenticeship then. And yeah. what was cool with that is I got to do I got to do normal college and because it was a scanner dealership and i wasn't going through the scania apprenticeship program i got to go on all the training courses with like fully qualified like normal techs when they have their like different tech levels probably the same as like you you and um, other people have said with like cat and john deere so that was pretty cool i got like extra learning that way getting to go away and do like week you know, week-long courses with you know electrical courses and engine courses and stuff like that so so that was that was really cool um we worked on some pretty like we worked on some shit we had a lot of like lamp like, again rubbish trucks and i'll never forget the day we were doing doing an inspection on one and a rat jumped out at me as I'm going underneath tapping around on things. I fucking shit myself. Absolutely <laughs> shit myself. Because you just need it. Like in that split moment in time when something's just like launched itself at your face, you have no idea what the fuck it is. You have like, what do I do? Like, do you, ch- like, oh yeah. I yeah, probably so that was... scream like a girl. <laughs> I probably did to be fair. I can't remember, but I probably did. Yeah. Um, you like, yeah. I came out of there, or I, I saw that rat, and I heard a little girl scream, and I turned around, and it's <laughs> only me there. <laughs> That's what it would have been like. And uh, well, milk tankers as well, that was another one that I fucking hated. So they'd obviously come in, like country lanes, they'd be, always be covered in cow shit, and being the apprentice, I was always the one that had to wash them off pre-inspection. That, I, I, that was not good. Like, that was... You can imagine, like, you're covered. You're just covered in it from jet mm-hmm. washers, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was not fun. 
<laughs> so then I've got a funny story from my time there. I'm just gonna just gonna say what I'm thinking about. So I when I finally pa- I passed my driver, I passed my driver's test first time. And uh, we were working split shift at that time. I was supposed to be on earnings, but I spoke to my boss like, I've got my driving test in the morning. So I work afternoon shift. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Put you on afternoon shift. So I, I, turn, I turn up, I pass my driving test. And they're like, oh, sweet, you know, congratulations. And they're like, you can drive a forklift now. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, yeah, I, think, I can't remember what we were doing. It was just like move a pallet or fucking something like that. And then, so we did the job, put whatever it was on the pallet. And they're like, okay, cool. Just park it up where it lives over in the corner by the roller shutter door. And I'm like, sweet, no worries. So I can, you put all off over there. And I get closer and closer and closer to the roller shutter door and the thing's not stopping. Unbeknownst to me, you know, first day I just passed a driving test, I had my foot on the accelerator and the brake, but not to the point where it was like screaming, like revving its tips, obviously, but it, you know, it wasn't enough to stop it. And I applied that forklift straight through that roller shutter door the day I passed my driving test. <laughs> and fair play, my foreman took the rap for it. For and it wasn't until I finished my apprenticeship when the boss, like, boss came out to me and sort of said, you know, we were just chatting shit that day and you know how over the time I've been there and congratulations and stuff like that. And he's like, and you do realize I knew from day one that it was you that drove that through that forklift through the roller shutter door. I was like, fuck. <laughs> but at like that time, like you were like you were young and stupid. And I was there like, fuck, I'm gonna lose my job. I can't believe I've done this. But like if I did, if we do that now, you'd be like, oh well, you know, it'll be fine. You know, you just laugh about it and realize you're a dick and, and that's fine. But when you're you're young and you're so um fixated on, you know, wanting to complete the complete what you're doing your apprenticeship and become fully fledged you do worry about that sort of thing like actually getting fired over it when in reality it's just a door and it just get fixed so you're not doing it every week it's uh it's not yeah. too bad as long as you're not making it an ongoing <laughs> thing yeah that's fine shit happens that's crazy, yeah, it happens so is this where'd you go from scandia right scandia so scandia. so that was so I moved, so I finished my apprenticeship and I sort of had that realization of even when you're not an apprentice anymore, you're still always going to be the apprentice until they get another apprentice. Um, they weren't looking, you know, the, the dealership at that time, then it sort of downsized. There was only two other techs and me at that point left in the workshop. It was only like a small freebay workshop. Um, and I'd always wanted to move away from my group. You know, there's, there's so much more of the UK and, and the world to see, you know, I don't want to, you know, I went to school with kids. And I don't know if this is going to offend anyone, but I went to school with kids and you go around the house after you finish school and their parents were like, oh, who teaches you for geography? And you'd be like, oh, you know, Mr. So-and-so. And they're like, oh, yeah, he used to teach me. And that used to, like, blow my fucking mind. <laughs> that you can go anywhere in the world, do anything you want, and this you know, this family, like, you know, their kids are getting taught by the same people who taught them. They haven't fucking left this small-ass village where they grew up. You know, their nan lives there, they live there, they've never fucking gone and worked anywhere else. It's just, like, for me, it's just so small-minded. So I always knew I wanted to move away anyway. Um, and there was a really ambiguous job advert on one of, like, the Indeed or one of the job websites or whatever for a, uh, a junior uh, generator technician. And it's literally what it was. It was pretty vague, and it's, you know, 120 miles away. And I thought, you know what, fuck it. It's just, you know, stick your CV in, see what happens. Sure enough, it'll come a bit. I get a phone call, can you come have an interview? So... Drove, a, drove up to drove 120 miles, come out of the interview, and then uh, I was in, within 10 minutes of being out there. They're like, we're not through the position. You know, when can you when can you start getting the ball rolling and getting yourself moved up here? <laughs> so so that was pretty cool. And, you know, well, again, my girlfriend at the time wasn't very happy. We'd spoke about moving away at some point, but she didn't think it was going to be at, like, aged 18 and that we were going to upstick. So she was, a very, uh, she was a very big with her family, so... But anyway, you know that, that's that's the past, and that's is what it is. So I moved, I moved, uh, yeah, moved out of moved out, of, moved out of my uh, childhood home, and 
got my first place on my own and never looked back really. So they were the, they were actually the generator, the gas generator company I work for now. So I moved up to where I am now to work for that company. They were very small. Two friends had set it up and there was probably like six of us working in the company at that time. And we were length and breadth of the UK every day. Like it was relentless. Like I learned so much and I'm so thankful. Like it, it really did help make me become who I am. But yeah, we were we were all over the place. We were, yeah. So we were, you know, up to Scotland, you know, across the Wales. We were all over the place. But it was a good time, you know, and it was eye opening to see like going from a dealer, you know, doing inspections day after day to then going and being part of full engine strip downs regularly, you know, on site, you know, pulling heads, pulling pistons, pulling liners. And on a regular thing, you know, in the truck dealer, that was, you know, if that happened once or twice a year, then that was pretty, pretty cool. That's a really mm-hmm. juicy job. But like on in the gas, gas powered, like the gas generator industry, that especially on landfill and biogas, it's a very regular occurrence. Hmm. Um, hmm. So that, yeah, it really got me, really got me sort of firsthand experience and knowledge of, of you know, getting elbow deep in an actual engine and stripping apart components and actually doing fault diagnosis of why things have failed and, the causes of why things have failed um yeah so i did that for i think it was two or three years i, I was working with them and and you know then it just sort of at the time then the let's say my my ex was moaning i was you know could be a lot of nights away we would we do you know go and do a week in scotland and things like that so i wasn't home a lot during the week so she was getting pretty fed up of me never being at home <laughs> Which I think a lot, I think a lot, again, I speak to people in like, even now, like you meet new people in this industry and everyone has a story like that. Yeah. I don't know whether, I don't know whether maybe it's just the power generation industry that has a lot of working away from home or, or what, I don't know. Cause nope. often... everything. I used to do it when I worked for the John Deere dealer here, you know, it's, we have Texas so goddamn big, you know, uh, West Texas, <laughs> it's six hours from where I live. So, I mean, so that like, so for, for, for like, it just goes to show how small the UK is in comparison. Like, so I live in, in the Midlands, I live in Northampton, for anyone mm-hmm. who like, knows what that is. And six hours would get me to Scotland, it would get me to the, the other country that is part of the UK. Yeah, it's um, uh, Texas is freaking huge. Um, you know, I used to go to West Texas a lot and work and stay out there week, two weeks. They were doing month runs, wow, everything. So, yeah, yeah it was that way... is tough. Luckily, my wife was very supportive of the whole situation, but yeah, I'm glad I don't do that stuff no more. But... No, I get that. That would be tough. Like some of the, some of the rebuild guys I work with now, they used to do a lot of shit, um, like ship rebuilds, like ship engine rebuilds, mm-hmm. and they were the same. They'd be like, you know, two weeks on a job here, a month on a job there, and I, I, I couldn't do that. Like I enjoy working away. Like you know, breaks the monotony of day to day life every now and then, but ultimately, I like coming home. You know, it's where you have a home, right? So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So yeah, so I did that. I think it was like two or three years, and then I decided you know, I'm going to do something fucking else for a little bit. So that's when I moved to a, a global uh, employer, employer in the diesel generator hire industry. It was a company that I I, I knew people who worked for them, and it was one of those like bucket list companies that you think you know, if you ever had the opportunity to go work for them, you'd want to do it to say you know, that was always something that's been there. Because uh, I always like the idea of trying to get involved with them um, because they, they do like things like Glastonbury Festival and stuff like that. And I always wanted to go and go and work in an event like that, hmm. uh, which I which I actually managed to do in my you know, seven years. I was working on diesel generators in the end. And that was I did manage to do two Glastonbury's. That was pretty cool. I, I actually was the lead technician looking after a team of guys 
you know, looking after the 205 generators cross, scattered across all the fields, powering wow. stages and campsites and stuff like that. So, and what was what was that? The... Uh, so Glastonbury Festival is that what you want to know? What, yeah. what was the job? So Glastonbury Festival, I think it's the largest music festival in the world. Really, never even so heard they, of it. <laughs> never even heard of it. Okay, so yes, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's the largest uh, largest music festival in the world. Um, so that they have, I don't even know where to des- how to describe it. Basically, it's a little. It's got like it's real, like real ripe in history, all the way back you know, years and years and years and years. And when it used to just be, people would sit on like a milk bottle crates in front of a little, you know, pallet stage and stuff back, you know, back way back when. Mm-hmm. To the point now where it's literally like, so it's a small. Leicester is a small town down in Somerset, and, you know, very small population in the grand scheme of things. But it's like having over the course of the week, they have the, the volume of people is like a mass. It's all become a city for a week across. You know these ten, twenty different farm farm fields. They have stages and camping, and, and it's everything. They they have all like the big, big live music acts as well as you know cabaret and poetry. There's literally something for everyone. Sounds boring. I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, no, no, literally. I, I I absolutely love working all these different festivals. I did when I was with that company, but I could never fucking be a paying punter. I don't. I like to have a clean shower and a clean shitter, and that's something you don't get either of if you're going to a festival. <laughs> like it's the most horrifying thing. I remember the first time I ever seen what they call a long drop toilet at Glastonbury, and it's basically in the middle of this field that's going to be a camping field. All year round, they'll have a big metal plate over it, and they drag these metal plates off, and they basically just put a frame over it that's just a massive toilet seats into what is a huge fucking metal tank buried in the ground, and it just fills up with some shit, and they just come Ooh. and suck it out. Interesting. Yeah. I have a. I actually have a goal in life is to go to the Burning Man Festival here. You okay, heard yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. One day I'd like to go just just to see all the weirdos. It'd be fun. <laughs> so you've been ticket off the list. You get yeah. the t-shirt. One day. One day. Yeah. So, so that's that was good. Yeah. Like you know, I I, I really enjoyed going back. Like so I did for a couple of years on the gas stuff after my apprenticeship. But it was nice to go back to. To, to diesel engines and and I you know, did a lot of TV and film stuff because of where my depot was that I worked out of so I've worked on quite a few like sort of Hollywood you know, Hollywood style films if you like you know at the at the at the Warner Brothers studio down um, on the outskirts of London and things like that met a, met a quite a few worked if you like with a, quite a few of the, the big name celebrities and things like that and most I'm of them were pretty good. I'm a huge fan of Simon Simon Pegg. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's one. Of, he's one so, of my favorite actors, man. So, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, some of the big names. Sure, run, yeah. fat boy, run, run, fat boy, run. Run, fat boy, run. Yeah. I'm not fat. I'm just unfit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We just keep going off topic here. Uh, no, it's all good. So, I, I, I'm just worried I'm talking shit, to be honest. <laughs> oh, fuck it, man. This is fun. Uh, so, from. You worked there, correct? And then you went to where you're currently working, right? Yeah, so I did after the seven years. So basically, I started at, when I was on the diesel stuff, I started as an installation engineer. So I was going around, you know, installing temporary power packages, deinstalling temporary power packages and brake pans and stuff like that. And then eventually an opportunity came up to go work in their uh, workshop in the depot. Um, so that would be like repairing and servicing and inspecting kit to go back out on hire after it's been on hire. And, I, and at that point, I, I think I would... I was going to say midlife crisis, but I'm not that old. <laughs> um, I've kind of got to that point. I was bored at my job. Like I was bored, like because from an instant, like installation engineer sounds really cool, but 
you're basically a glorified labor 90% of the time because it's just go to a site, you know, a high ab lorry puts a generator on the ground, you pull 100 meters of cable out, connect it, and then you go away again. And like, that's just boring. Like, that's fine, you know, it's something for everyone, but I just, it's just boring. I just didn't enjoy it. So I thought, right, if I get in the depot and I can start getting back into fixing stuff and, you know, and, and spending money on tools because that seems to be a bad habit that I have. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah. so I want to do that and just get back to the sort of, you know, <clears throat> what, I, what I got into this whole industry doing and, and enjoying and loving. And it started off like that probably for the first six months. That was great. And then there was like management changes and process changes and like more and more stuff started filtering down to be my sort of like inverted commas like responsibility you know i ended up having to look after like parts for the depot and for our like a field team and then there was more it basically the role just evolved to be like a team leader position but a i didn't want to be a team leader b they wouldn't give you the job title or pay you to be a team leader it was more just like you know we're just going to keep whipping him and see what we can get out of him um so i i kind of I got to last year, like, um, uh, so I just literally thought we had a whole of like the whole, the Rona thing in between like that. So then we did, uh, we did, I did some pretty cool work during that. Um, they had a, we had one of our big national stadiums. They converted into a, a COVID hospital hmm. and we did all the power and air conditioning for that. So I did two months away, um, helping install that. That was mega. So we, so it was like a sporting arena. So it was like 70,000 seat stadium. Mm-hmm turned into one major hospital it was fucking crazy it's like you walk around the concourses and you can still see the signs for like beers and pies and stuff like that and then they've got like the the fake wall of the hospital with all the oxygen masks and pipe works it was surreal it was like something from shore of the dead door of the dead that sort of thing metal but yeah anyway anyway so uh, i I kind of spicy cough that obviously you were staying pretty busy then so did it affect did you get the covid uh so i managed to avoid it until i worked glastonbury last year i finally caught it last year and boy did it kick my ass but yeah, yeah i managed to avoid it up until that point so I, I i think i had it i never got tested the first time i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure i had it the first time but i got it last year too really bad and it it i'm sure you remember it it took me away from the podcast yeah. for a while but that's that's crazy. Yeah, so it kicked your ass as well, didn't it? Properly. Oh, fucking bad. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that we had to set up any type of hospitals or anything like that here. But that's that's pretty wild, man. We like the company I worked for. Time then we were doing loads of um because we did as well as the power generation. We did loads of temporary cooling, temporary heating. So we were actually helping in certain hospitals, but uh, like, install power and um like uh, like sort of air con- air conditioning units, if you like. Mm. So temporary morgues, temporary COVID morgues. Oh, yeah, so literally, yeah. So you know, I, I've seen lorry, you know, lorry trucks. Sorry, trucks being unloaded, <laughs> and it's just a whole pallet after pallet of body bags, and it was just the most surreal thing I've ever fucking seen. And and walking around, you know, putting putting up um uh, like the you know lamps or the the long Wait, bulb, whatever they're so... fucking called, putting lamps up and stuff in marquees that is going to and putting air conditioning units into these marquees that are going to be morgues you know, covid morgues it was yeah surreal we it was really cool i don't know i got I, you know we, we were really busy and you know we worked our way through it and i think that probably helped because rachel's um we had a thing called a furlough scheme over here so basically anyone who couldn't work like mm-hmm. a, a pay from the government because they couldn't work 
So she was stuck at home. We couldn't, you know, there was all the rules that like you couldn't go out. You could only go out for like a 10 minute walk or all that fucking stuff. But I was, you know, I still just did my job normally. We we had the our letter of exemption and we could just go and do what we wanted and as long as we kept our distance from other workers. So when I was going to Cardiff, Cardiff is like a three hour drive for me. And like normally, like now, you know, it, you'd hit traffic on all the fucking different motorways when it was COVID because there was no one on the road. I could literally get on the motorway in my town and I wouldn't have to hit the brake until I was getting off in Cardiff. It was just put cruise control on and just fucking go. <laughs> three hour so drive like, to a one. <laughs> yeah, literally and, and i it, and i think that was the hardest thing coming out of coming out of that period of, of the last few years was having to get used to fucking idiots being yeah, on the road again <laughs> realize that you still hate people <laughs> yeah that's it still hate people still hate fucking traffic <laughs> yeah oh, well shit okay so what are you doing now uh so yeah so back to the same company where i went to after mine you're using up your time real quick there so <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're good. This is fine. <laughs> right. I, I just, enjoy just hearing shit. this. Just chatting shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I so got to last year and I was really unhappy at the diesel at the diesel generator company and I was like, right, I'm going to do Glastonbury last year. Um, and then after that, we had there was the Commonwealth Games. I don't know if you ever heard of the Commonwealth Games. Probably not because you're American, but mm. that might sound a bit I, you know, condescending. It, I'm taking it to football. Uh, no, athletics. So oh, it's athletics so. and well, it's a mix of all sorts. There is like you know, there's judo, gymnastics, running, mm. cycling, hockey, and okay. rugby. And there's all there's a mix of all sorts of stuff. But it's all different um, countries that uh, are part or were part, I think, of the British Commonwealth back when we, you know, back back way back when when we went around the world and just said we're having you. And that was you know, stranger times. But yeah, so that's what that was. So then, so after Glastonbury, I rolled straight into that, and I kind of thought that was I was I was trying to use Glastonbury that as like a reset. It's to sort of get out of normal business and, you know, just go and have a good time and, and, and see how I felt after it. And it got to the end of that and I was like, no, I'm, I'm fucking done. I need, I need something else. Um, so I did actually we can reconsider, actually consider um, sort of changing up what I was doing. I was actually looking to, oh, excuse me. Sorry. That was, <laughs> oh, my life crept up on me. That one did. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we'll brush over that. Uh, yeah, so I decided, so I thought, you know, I've always been tracked to mad. So I was going to, I looked at, um, ultimately what would have been taking a pay cut to retrain as an ag tech. Because obviously okay. I'm coming, I, I did sort of my research and with our like local dealers and stuff around, around with us like Matthew Ferguson, John Deere and those sort of people, I would have been going in almost like a junior tech level because I haven't, I haven't done that sort of thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, me and Rach crunched the numbers, you know, she, that's one thing though she was so supportive she was like you know if that's what you want to do let's work out the maths can we you know can we still keep roof over our heads and keep food in the fridge and if we can you know go do it you know go do what you want to do which was which was super great but um but at the time it was summertime and you know local did obviously as you'd know like ag dealers just fucking run ragged in the summer and they mm-hmm. and they were just looking for experienced techs at that time and no one was really interested in in taking on someone who just likes looking at tractors as opposed to knows how to fucking fix them. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, so, so that was a bit, and I was like, fuck, I have to go back and get stuck on one you know, normal shit day to day job. And, um, a recruiter rung up and said, oh, you know, would you ever consider going back to the, to the old company you work for? And I was like, yeah, of course I would, you know, I left them on good terms and, and everything like that. And I had the interview there and, and this company now has grown. I know when I was there first time around, there was, 
I think it was like six of six of us, I think, in the like the main sort of team. But like now we've got different teams. We have a rebuild team, we've got a north team, a south team. There's really? wow. it's grown so much since then. Mm. Um and, and and I think one of the as uh, Daffy's saying, you know, it it was a pay rise, so everyone loves a pay rise. I wasn't looking for that, you know, I just wanted a job I was happy in, but you know, you don't say no to a pay rise, do you? So that was uh, one of the factors and it offered a lot better work life balance. And one of the things they said like in the interview, I was like, "Why well, do you want to be, you know, you know, when you're at the company you're at, well, was at, I should say, you know, I was doing smashing, doing so much overtime, loads of weekend work and things like that. And they're like, you know, you know this is what we want to offer you. And then something we'd say to consider is, do you want to be cash rich or do you want to be time rich? And that was something that really hit me <laughs> because like, you know, we're, you know, we're, we all got to work for the money. Of course we do, but you kind of need to have that time to be able to spend that money and see those people and those friends and family. And I just didn't have that. And that's, it really resonated with me of like you know fuck you know i really need this change um and the fact they call out as well is only 7 a.m till 10 p.m there's no like through the night work and stuff like that so it's, that's pretty cool i've been on like, you know, i started call out when i started my apprenticeship and like, every job i've done has been 24 hour call out so it's nice now to be able to go to bed at night not knowing you get woke up by the fucking phone ring. yeah it's panicking <laughs> like what the fuck yeah. well like this this is gonna sound really stupid to people who've never been on call but like um Rachel had a, a new phone the other day and she was going through like all the, the iPhone, like different ringtones and stuff like that. And literally there was, there was one point she stopped and said, you literally physically jerked. And I was like, I know I did because at one of the places I used to work, that was the call out phone's ringtone. And it's still like, it's still in your head now. And you're yes. like, oh fuck. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. crazy how, yeah, how that shit burns into your memory and scars mm-hmm. you for life, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Damn, so back to your question. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm back working on gas generators okay. now. Um, yeah, so I, I'm uh, working uh, the central region of the company, of the country, if you like. Um, and my day-to-day stuff is pretty varied. It's anything from uh, routine servicing and inspection to fault-finding, diagnosing, um, and also um, helping the our rebuild team as well. Um, I told you before we started, didn't I, the story that we recently helping out our rebuild team on a working – we did a, a pair of intercoolers on an MWM V16 for a customer a few weeks back. And uh, we fitted them all in, and then two weeks later, they started having throttle issues. There, basically, the throttle was maxing out, and it wasn't making full load. Uh, so I went down there, and I literally went from arse to elbow through everything from like gas filters, checking turbo impellers, literally anything that could have an impact, like boost leaks, exhaust leaks, went through the whole fucking lot. And the only thing I didn't check was like, it's cool. I was on this job. I fitted a new set of intercoolers with the guys two weeks ago. It's not the fucking intercoolers. They're not be blocked. <laughs> literally put my monomer on it did the differential pressure across it and they had so at 70 percent load there was like 250 millibar differential and like at full at fully blocked the highest they should be is 100 millibar and this and because of the shit gas that this customer had from their digester they blocked 30 grand of in the coolers up in two weeks Sweet. but that job bit my ass like proper like it was one of those days when you're driving home at night <laughs> thinking like why the fuck do i do this i'm no good at my job like why do i put myself through this and you get there like Day three, and you're like, right, I fucking found it. And it's something like normal circumstances was something you would have done really early on in your diagnosis. But because I was there and I'd done it, I changed those things two weeks ago. He's like, that's nah, not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, then it can be filter spinning or, you know, just literal weekly checks. My, 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 the no two weeks are the same. Um, shit's different. It keeps me on my toes. And there's days when I definitely think, what the fuck am I doing? But then there's plenty of other days where you're like, yeah, I did that. So, so. in the intercooler, case would you have to do to do you have to take them out and get them cleaned or how 
Uh, so they can be, um, you can take them out, and they we have used a company that they like hydrosonically clean them, um, and then as long as the as long as the cores and the the tubing and stuff inside isn't too badly damaged, they can put new fins and stuff on. Um, <clears throat> but the the ones we took off were still at that supplier, so we you know we're just waiting on turnaround times and Damn. POs and all That's that crazy. happening shit. But yeah, yeah, thirty thirty grand's worth of uh, worth of stuff you know, destroyed in two weeks. So I wouldn't have liked to have been in that managers being in conversation with that company for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So you got quite the topic selection on your questionnaire. On my questions, okay. Oh, well, so... I, did, I, I tried to think out of the box a little bit. No, that's fine, do. completely. So the one thing that I like right away, top, you know, you talk about role models. Um, you know, you had that guy in the beginning say, you need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. They're going to ruin your career. So would you say that guy's kind of like a, a role model for you helped you kind of get the hell out or yeah so i'd say there's been three there's probably there's been a, there's uh i role models influential people there's probably five people i could name off my hand who i would say like yes they've been a big part and bizarrely three of them are called rob don't know why but that's, that's <laughs> fucking weird so yes yeah, so that guy who i first started with his name was rob um, and then the guy who was from the railway who did the work experience from who I'm still really good friends with now, um, he's his name was Rob, um, but he yes yeah, so he he was uh, he was the one that sort of really got me into you know get lead me down this this path of becoming a generator tech and you know I was just speaking funny enough me and Rachel speaking to him the other day and I was like you know, this is all your fucking fault I'm I'm in this situation now doing this shit because of you like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah That's so funny. Uh... <clears throat> and then I think after that then like it was coming when I joined the, the the gas company to start with, there was, again, the lead technician there was Rob and he was, he'd been at that company since he was an apprentice and he was, what well, I say he was really influential to me because he would show you anything, any quote, like, you know, he was never one of these, I've worked with so many people over the years where knowledge is power to them, especially when I was at the diesel generator company where it's just like, they keep their cars close to their chest. They don't want to tell you things. They'll just, you know, go to the control panel or whatever. They'll do their little thing with their screwdriver and that sort of shit. And then walk away. Then you say, "What did you do?" Oh, I, you know, I, I didn't do anything. Or, oh, you know, it was easy fix. And it's just like that's not what I'm asking. You know, I'm not coming for your job. I just want to know because it helps me. It helps the company. And but you know, so that that was all, always been a bugbear for me. People who don't like sharing information and yeah. working as a team. But he, you know, Rob was was really good. He's the fastest person I've ever worked with. Like literally, he I've never seen anyone work like fueled on. You know, Red Bull and cigarettes. That's how he works. Just walk you know, fast. Just walk fast. Like everything he did was just ridiculously quick. But like he did it, it it wasn't one of these people that works really quick and fucks everything up. He like worked really quick at such a, a great like you know, level of quality as well. And then my boss at the time, then who is um, so he so that that guy Rob is now uh, in the technical advice team now. So he's off the tool, like mainly off the tools. He does a lot of the the big jobs or when people are really struggling he'll go to site and help them but he's part of the technical team now and then the other guy then my boss at the time then kyle was the other guy who was really influential me like he's i don't know i'd probably say he's like i'd call him a guru i I, he's one of those people like if he doesn't like he's already forgot more stuff about gas engines than i'll ever know he's you know unreal he could speak he learned he taught german to himself um because we deal with a lot of uh, german suppliers so he taught himself German and we get a lot of wine out in German just to make his life easier, just on a whim. Hmm. Like, and uh, that, that like proper <laughs> respect for that. But yeah, he's one of those people that you, you ring and he, 
what's really good is he he's, he's, he's one of those people that doesn't just give you the answer but he'll he'll go right tell me what you've done to start with mm-hmm. so he, he sort of so and, and he gets you in that mindset of like okay cool right this is my train of thought this is what i've done and then he can be like okay cool this is where you went wrong or okay cool that's all fantastic let's have a look at this a bit more and then he could sort of look at wiring diagrams up mm-hmm. and things like that and uh, that's what i was good with our technical team like they have a lot of visibility for helping us with that sort of thing but back in back in the first time around when he was really influential to me he was he was my manager and he was sort of just one of those people that believed in me and like when you're fresh out of your apprenticeship and you know <laughs> you, you, you're trying to take take on the world if you like but you know you know jack shit. he was someone who you know respected you even though you know you were fresh-faced and young and straight out of college you know young and dumb and all that shit mm. but you know respected you you know and and actually believed in you and helped nurture you and grow you into the, the tech you are now and, and how you go about things so yeah so those are the, those sort of guys have all had big influences on me over the years and I'm very thankful. Oh, sorry, I've got the cats fighting. <laughs> I don't know if you actually heard yeah, that. A little bit. It's all right. Just adds uh, yeah, to so, the quality. Yeah, then, then, then how, how natural this is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, I've waffled on about them guys now. But I, you know, I, I do sit back and yeah, I am thankful that those guys helped. And I'm, I'm glad I can still work with. I still work with the field now because it, it's pretty cool. But yeah, it, it's been a big thing for me. Been able to look back and go, yeah, those guys really helped push me in directions that maybe I wouldn't have necessarily gone on my own. Cool, man. That's uh, yeah, I've got a few role models myself, but I've blabbered on about them on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure nobody wants to hear it. Uh, so um, I'm trying to figure where we want to go from here. Uh, you've got a couple topics, you know, life before being a field tech, uh, stuff about your industry You've got questions you'd like to ask me and then other, other crap. I didn't, I did not realize that you guys actually play American football there. I'm yeah. Not, so, I, so that's what I was doing this morning. <laughs> I'm not a, I hate sports of that kind. I don't like any type of ball sport except for like, mm. I'll watch baseball Okay. here and there. Um, but like when it comes to American football and all that stuff and basketball, I do not want anything to do with it because they're a bunch of overpaid whiners <laughs> but it, i just like when the super bowl was just here you know i, I watched it just because you know i like to catch up on it but well everyone I, does even if you don't like football everyone watches the super bowl right isn't that, isn't that what happens that's what that's what everyone outside of america thinks yeah we well i watch it because <laughs> the commercials which everybody else does too but um Hmm, that's... You can even bet, can't you? Can't you bet on things like commercials and commercial times and shit like I that? I think so. I I don't know. I like I said, I don't get into any of it. I'll watch baseball here and there, but that's about it. I'm more so, into racing and stuff. Uh, like your F1 and things, or or more uh, uh, or NASCAR I, and things like that. Actually, open wheel, so sprint cars, uh, anything mm-hmm. on dirt. Um, so I like did... World Rally, then I, I don't mind watching World World Rally. Uh, oh, God, that come out well wrong, man. That's, what the fuck happened then? World uh, rally. rally. <laughs> uh, you know, I never got into that type of stuff. Like, I grew up uh, racing okay. racing outlaw carts and stuff, which are, you know, mini sprint cars. I don't mm. know. Do they race sprint cars in, over there? I don't know if we they call them the same thing. So, wings on but top. The, the, yeah, yeah. So, they're, I don't know. I, I just call them funny cars. I think that's maybe what we call them. But... <laughs> But so so that we that they do races over here. We do a thing called banger racing over here as well. Mm-hmm. So we do that. Um, 
Yeah, so it is literally what it says. It's it, it, it's a dirt track and you know, clapped out cars, and you're just racing to the death. Okay, mainly. so yeah, we call those bombers here. Right. But, okay. Yes. Cool. Um, uh, there, there's a drag scene as well over here. I don't okay. know how big it is, but um, but yeah, my my stepsister actually used to do junior drag racing okay. with, uh, with her with her dad when she was younger. So that's how I know about that. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, motocross as well. Motocross is big over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no, and. To answer your bottom question, I've never been to the UK. No, because we actually spoke about this not so long yes, ago. So yeah. I, I really want to, but I can't get a passport right now because mm. personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I do, man, I'm coming over there. This it's uh, I want to go so bad. Anyway, like I say, you have to, when you when you're coming, you have to let us know. And work. Me and Rachel definitely come come and see you guys for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But uh, another thing to to think about as well, like if you like your baseball, they play a they do play a major league baseball game in London every year. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's worth something to bear in mind as well. Right on. I think yeah. I've only actually I've, I've I have actually watched one baseball game. I watched a baseball game in Cleveland a few years back. But yeah. Oh, so you I, have, I could, you have been over to this shithole. Yeah, I've been a couple times. I went. I've been. I've been a few times when I was younger. I did like Disneyland and stuff like that. Oh god! And then <laughs> love yeah, Disneyland. There's no wrong with Disneyland. In Los Angeles? Uh, no, Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay, okay, that's yeah. okay then. I thought you went to LA. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm... I've not done. No, I've not done LA. Um, but then the most recent visit was uh, yeah, a couple of years ago. We went. To, me and a friend went to Cleveland because they have um. But it, that every year they have like a national sports card convention because I collect um, like uh, NFL cards like mm. with the, like the autographs and the patches and stuff, and they have like a big convention every year. And it was in Cleveland that year, and we sort of made a trip out of it. We went went to watch the Hall of Fame game, watch some baseball, did that card show, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if no one's been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, go! Like that was unbelievable. Like if you like oh. your rock music and your history, that was absolutely phenomenal. And I appreciate that. Probably, I, I don't know what else is in Cleveland, and if people would actually go to Cleveland, I've never even been for the hell of it. But, <laughs> but but if you're ever that way, and you can and you can spend a day going to the Rock Hall of Fame, do it. You won't be disappointed. That was yeah, absolutely fucking crazy day. I actually have a story, and again, another story from that day. So my friend was a is a massive Beatles fan, huge Beatles fan. So we we walked in there, and they had a the start of that the exhibition sort of room thing. There was some. Beatles stuff there and one of the, the guys who worked there come over and says to him like, oh you're a Beatles fan and then he, he sort of got talking yeah I'm a massive Beatles fan I'm from the UK and he's like oh okay cool wait there a minute and he walked off well this seems fucking strange and then he comes back and he and he, give, he gives my friend he gives him this coin and he's like there's a special story behind this coin so there was I think it was it, I can't remember the internet the, the actual specific details but basically they, when the Beatles first came to America they made like a court or something like that that had the Beatles on it and for some, the, the police, there was loads of people in New York, especially where the Beatles had come, were like getting these coins out of circulation or had stolen them from the, when they were fucking made or something like that. And then they were selling them on the street for like way more than than they were they were valued for. <clears throat> um, and the police were going around and confiscating them all. And the police actually ended up giving them to, is it whatever John Lennon's wife was called? Oh. And she. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her name escapes my brain now. And then she went. Yoko when, Ono. Yoko Ono. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And then when he died, or years after he died, so that she came across this this you know, this hall of you know, this box of all these fucking coins, and she gave them to the museum and said, "Whenever you see a Beatles fan, give him one of these coins." And that's, oh, that's how he got it. Yeah, that is cool as hell. Yeah, wow. that, that was that was yeah. So he was obviously made up being a big Beatles fan, but it was really cool just to have that like odd nugget of a story to go with it as well. Yeah, so. no, that's cool. 
that's always like like cool shit that comes out of traveling like that like oh yeah here here's this random <laughs> thing like oh shit that's awesome anyway let's uh kind of change gears here i don't know how you want to do this but let's talk about lunch on the road because that's what you wanted to talk about yeah again people think what the fuck's he talking about but it like i know you you can see me no one else can see me but i love my food like you know <laughs> i look forward to lunchtime yeah but yeah so what do you guys do because you obviously you all talk about like your service trucks and your jobs and stuff like that but do you guys have pack ups do you have pack lunches or do you just like buy shit every day or it just depends on the day man i need to get back into packing my lunch because i'm getting fat <laughs> back in the day when i worked at the dealership man you, you didn't have time to time to eat but now i do and i'm getting fat but uh, that's another thing that I want to talk about with you is service trucks or service vans, however. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time, a lot of people just pack their lunches, but it, I just don't know what my day is going to look like most of the time. So it's tough to to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. My See, like, I've got it. a really bad habit of like, I try my best to try and save money and have a pack and pay myself a pack lunch. But I'm normally out the door like six o'clock in the morning yeah. stuff, you know, driving, you know, quite often two, two and a half hours, three hours to a job. Mm -hmm. And like, if I've made sandwiches, I've ate the sandwiches and it's not even nine o'clock. <laughs> that's, like, that's my problem. <laughs> we talked about this before. Yeah, you eat it for breakfast. <laughs> and then you get lunch and oh, fuck, I'm not going to do it. I've got a bag of crisps left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, 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 everybody's got their different thing like my old service truck when i worked at the dealer man i had a microwave in it so oh nice okay i cool. mean so you know that's a hard part for me is eating like cold chicken and rice i like warm food man mm -hmm. so uh i don't like man my phone keeps making a weird noise over here i'm gonna move you sorry this is great podcast stuff uh <laughs> but yeah no i i i like warm chow man so it's tough packing, like, especially in the winter as well. Like, I, I, I hear you, like you know, soup in the winter and things like that is mm -hmm. is definitely a winner. But one of the things I'm like proper addicted to at the minute that they send a lot of service stations over here is something called a potato dog. Potato. Do you dog? guys a potato dog? Have you ever heard of a potato dog? I think so, but explain so. So it's like a hot dog sausage or a frankfurter sausage mm -hmm. covered in. I think it's like potato rosti, like a. Yeah, potato rusty, so like a like hash brown sort of okay. potato wrapped delicious. around the Frankfurter sausage and obviously fried and stuff like that. Oh, it is just amazing. <laughs> that, that's good. my that's that's my big thing at the minute. They're going like, Oh, I don't need anything, but they've got potato dogs, so I'm definitely gonna have a potato dog. <laughs> my my thing is stopping at the gas station, you know, or and just picking up snacks for the day. That's the worst thing to do. <laughs> but I do it. Anyway, uh service trucks you wanted to talk about service trucks it's just it's just jealousy more than anything i'm like just wildly jealous like we we used to run around in shitty fucking panel fans at the end of the day like the, the one i've got not is pretty like it's a decent spec now so I, I i'm pretty comfortable but when i was working on the diesel stuff we had a, a, a renault traffic i think it was called and the, the foot pedals were offset slightly to the driver's wheel so your hips were fucking kill you're almost like, you're literally driving on like it's, it's it sounds really odd like i see you put in a face like now nah, yeah. you're lying but <laughs> legit honestly yeah you, you you would find yourself you know your, your bottom half would be turned slightly to accommodate the fact that the pedals were were further over than the fucking steering wheel so yeah you guys get all these nice trucks with huge fucking truck bodies and cranes for lifting heavy shit and 
all yeah, the space for all your tools and oil and just everything. And we got a fucking basically a plumber's van. I was, yeah, I was we got chuck all that shit. When you gotta do stuff like lift stuff, what? How do you? What do you do since you're working out of a van? So rely on sight quite a lot for forklift use. And then it's just like A-frame and block and tackles and pallet trucks and just make it work. Jesus. Yeah, Because, <laughs> you know, like in Australia, they're, they're set up a little bit different. You know, they have cranes and stuff, but they're way different. And it seems like we're pretty spoiled over here with our service trucks or in Canada, you know, same service trucks. Like, Is if we've it... got to pull, like, a rad pack off the roof and stuff like that, then we'll actually have a mobile crane in to do it. If we're pulling okay. an engine out for an engine swap, we'll actually have, a like, a fully-fledged, okay. Okay. big-ass mobile crane. But it's all that. It's the intermediate stuff. Like, doing what I'm doing now, it'd be harder to have a, a truck-mounted crane on, like, a like a truck boy that you have because mm. a lot of our stuff's, like, inside and in containers. But when I was back on the, the diesel stuff, like, you know, pulling out alternators and stuff like that would have been so much easier if we just had, you know, service vehicles with small yeah. cranes and stuff. In, but... So... Is that a cultural differences? I suppose you know is, it's not a thing over here at all. Is it not an option, or is it just a cost thing? I've never seen one. Well, never seen a, a van or a truck or anything like that with a, a crane on or anything like that. It, it's just yeah, it's just not a thing over here. Tell you what, I'll move over there. We'll start a business. <laughs> we'll build trucks and then revolutionize you know, the, yeah. the... <laughs> capitalism at its finest. Yeah. Man's got a plan. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Um, so where do you want to go from here? Because we've got quite a few things to talk about if you want. Uh, we can talk about schooling. We kind of dabbled into schooling. We did dabble in schooling, to be uh, fair. I sort of you know, touched on things. Yeah, so It's different. We can, than... we can miss that one if you like. Well, no. I. If you could go about it different, I mean, would you have just totally skipped out on tech school? You know, and just go no. straight into it, or would you have still done? It no, the same not way? not at all, because because of, of how how the how it was formatted, it was like four days a week on the job learning at work, getting paid, mm-hmm. and then one day in college where they pay you to go to college. Oh, they, so you, you get your know no- they paid you to go to college. No, I didn't say that. So yeah, so that so your company are, are paying the college for your course fee, and I still got paid my day rate for going to college. Mm-hmm. So I still would get a five day you know paid week. Um, but no, it was the, it was the right balance being able to go to college and learn the theory side of stuff and and do some of the big stuff you didn't do normally day to day like you know big strip downs and shit like that. In college was fantastic in that controlled learning environment, but then also having doing that hand in hand with on the job learning, it was that that's the right balance for me. Like, the only thing I would change for me is I would go into a different industry. I wouldn't I wouldn't go if I had my time again. I wouldn't do trucks. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would see that. I, I you know knowing what I know now and knowing what like the person i've become and what i enjoy doing i probably would have pursued a, a plant apprenticeship or um an agricultural apprenticeship yeah so kind of going off that is would you ever want to try something else like work in construction equipment like i do or ag equipment or anything yeah 100 like, like i still i still really want to i still would really love to to say i've done it i just i don't i don't know how that's going to translate like I think ultimately it boils down to like you know I'm keen and willing to learn and you know and diversify and, and change and and get involved with that sort of thing, but financially it's going to probably reach a point where it, it just doesn't become possible. Sure, no, I understand completely. It's just, I, and that's what sucks about 
what we do for a living. It's like if I ever wanted to go do anything else, I couldn't do it just because mm. I've based my life around what I do now at 40 hours a week. So, you know, if I ever wanted to go be an electrician or something, I had to start at the bottom and relearn everything. And they're not going to pay what I make now to learn. No. Yeah. So it, it, it's a tough one. So, and it, which goes back full circle to what I said earlier on people like, I'm just doing it because it's a job. And it's like, you can't do it. You're committing your life to, mm-hmm. to this at the end of mm-hmm. the day. Luckily, um, but yeah, so. I was going to say, luckily, the, you know, where I'm at now, there's, there's room to grow. So there's only, the only way up is, geez, I can't talk either, <laughs> yeah. man. The only way is up, I guess. But I really had to stop myself singing that as well. Cause that's obviously, it's a song, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't quote you who it is. So I can't say it, but I had to stop myself from singing it in like a high pitched voice. Cause that's what the song is actually like. Oh no, sing it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, damn it. You want to talk about tools? Uh, well, but I got like, you hate talking about tools. So I was, I, I, you know, I, we, we've all spent a lot of money on tools and we will keep spending money on tools. Mm-hmm. But I, so I just wanted to keep it a little bit different because I know how much you hate it. I just want to, the question I think was, um, like, what's your most cherished tool? What's been like the best value or the thing you love the most? If like, yeah, I'm so fucking glad I bought that. And what was the biggest waste of money? That led, so I just wanted it to be a bit different. No, yeah, so it's not so I, hard. It's fine. I, I actually don't mind talking about tools, man. I just don't <laughs> like the Milwaukee guys. Do you, do you run Milwaukee in England? Or, oh, sorry, yeah. So, so, in UK? <laughs> so, like you keep going on about the whole Milwaukee Kool-Aid and stuff like that, it's over here. It's exactly the same over here. Hmm. So, you've got your Makita crew, you've got your Milwaukee crew, your Festoon crew. Like, don't be all that's more chippy stuff. And then, obviously, your Snap-on or your Mac. You know, it's quite big. Like, it, for, it, from, like, I'd say, from, a, like, a mechanics industry and a fittings industry, it's the, the argument and the, the teams are Snap-on, Mac, or... Milwaukee, they're the big three, and Dewalt are obviously part of the Mac family now. So you're getting the you're getting the yellow crossover in there as well. Yeah, the 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 Macs are Dewalts with a red dress, as my coworker says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've actually really dove back into Snap On a lot in the past two years. Mm-hmm. I I got burned by Snap On when I was 18 years old, 18, 19, somewhere in there, uh, by the Snap On dealer out there, and the Snap-on company didn't want to work with me at the time. Right. And so I just basically told them, come get your crap. I don't want it. So, yeah, it was just a whole big deal with them. So it really took a lot for me to start working with Snap-on again. And my Snap-on dealer now, he's pretty cool. And he's just like, hey, man, let's try this, you know. Set you up a truck account. Let's work together. Gain my trust, basically. Yeah. And so far, he's been really good, except for except for this past Thursday, he didn't even show up, and then and then texted me and said, "Hey, can you make a payment?" Dude, he didn't turn up. I yeah, have, I have my money at? in my wallet. <laughs> if I gotta be here to make money, you gotta be here to make money. But I still told that's him, it. "Yeah," because I'm trying to get it paid off. <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough. No, that's cool. But like, you're so true what you say, though. Like, I've had my ups and downs with tool dealers as well. Like the. The first Snap-on guy I ever had was a guy who lived um, like really local to me, so it wasn't his area. But we'd go around like go around his house of an evening, and you know, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Snap-on obviously you know, he's not a dealer anymore, so he can't get in trouble with Snap-on. But I know that's really frowned upon, but that's what we did. Um, and then when I the, the dealer after that then was basically the biggest dickhead I've ever met. 
absolute tool of a guy. Mm. You know, they they you've, I, I say like treated everyone like shit, and just, you couldn't even like even if you just say about like, how much does this cost, and he'd be like, our oh, list price is X, Y, and Z, so that's what it's going to cost you. And you're just like, okay, you don't have to be so. You don't, I understand they have to make money, we have to make money, but you don't have to be a dick about it. Where you're trying to make money, you could have just said, oh, it's this cost, or you know, or whatever. I'm not saying you're giving me fuck all. Just don't be a prick about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, he went. Yeah, he he went through some. He went through some shit. And I, I remember I had some stuff on warranty with. I sent some extensions on warranty with him. And he had a. I was away on holiday. And he had a big falling out with my foreman at the time. So my foreman's like, "No, you're not fucking never coming here again. You're barred, like banned or whatever." And I didn't know this. And I was like, so I rang him a few weeks. I'm like, "Where the fuck's my extensions?" And he went, oh, "I've had them for weeks, but uh, I'm not. Allowed, I'm not allowed to come on your premises no more. So that's why I'm not done it." I'm like, "Why don't you fucking ring me and I'll come meet you on the estate? You're going to see like 20 other garages on this estate." <laughs> yeah. so and at that time so he was really inconsistent prior to that fallout like when he turned up and stuff anyway but our, our Mac guy then was you know regular as cockwork 11 o'clock every every Thursday he'd mm. be there you know and, and so you know I I, I, you know, I spent a, you know, a lot of time investing in, in Mac when I was uh, coming to the end of my apprenticeship with stuff I needed I never had a problem at all you know I've really, mm. really enjoyed that the stuff I had at that I've never had any problems with them but when I moved up here you know I had a you know Got to know the local dealer for a Snap-on dealer, and yeah, he's still my dealer. He's still, still my dealer now. You know, grew, built a good relationship, and you know, he trusts me. I trust him. You know, he, he's one of these guys that will do. You know, if he can get you know do it, get it under warranty, or get it under warranty for you. He's not a prick about it. You know, cool. Yeah, and pretty pretty transparent with his pricing as well, and it's a mutual understanding. He's got to make money. I've got to make money, but he also wants me to go back on the truck and keep spending money with him. So you know, can't <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is so? I don't think. I don't think I have a most hated tool. I did. I sold it. I hated oh, that much. Good. I fucking sold it. But as far as like most valued tool, man, that's a that's a tough. It could one. be sentimental value as well, because I I suppose valued is a probably a bit of a weird way of wording it. So that's my bad. But like, do you have anything that's sentimental that you've had since like for years, or you know, maybe your granddad or your dad give you, or anything like that? No. <laughs> I I've bought all my own tools, but uh man, that's a tough one. I'd have to think about that. There might be something I've got a old toolbox that was my grandpa's uh it just sits in my garage. I don't want to use it, but mm. as far as working, you know, I've got tools that I use every day and then I've got tools that just sit in my toolbox and I know if I take it out I'm gonna need it. But <laughs> yeah. man, that's it's not just one. it's the just in case drawer. What about the hands, man? Those are good tools. Those are <laughs> quality tools. Um, I'd have to think about that and get back to you on that one. Yeah, this is a bit of a different question. But I only asked it because I have I, I know what mine is. <laughs> so when you fling, when you fling it back around at me, so I've had my I've had my three eight ratchet since I was an apprentice, and that's my it's my go to ratchet every time. Snap on three eight flexi, like locking flexi head, soft grip. It's had many a different ratchet kits, many a different handles, but. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I've had that. That was one of the first things I bought, and it just—it's one of those like it's almost like a comfort blanket. It's daft as it sounds. Like even I'll always go. That always be the first one I grab, and you sort of look at it, and it's all battered and bruised, and you're just like, yeah, that. A bit like me, I'm battered and bruised for doing this shit for <laughs> this long, and <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> that's why I look at it. I feel you. But yeah. that's yeah, that's probably the most sentimental one. And then the 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 shit. Well, I couldn't. I, I had the. Snap on three eight long neck battery ratchet. Oh yeah, and yeah, I just couldn't get on with it. I to the point I, I I know they're not designed for undoing. You know, there's not any hardly any torque there. They're just designed for for nut running basically. 
but this thing couldn't undo fuck all. Literally, just like like Vanguard bolts and nuts and stuff like it just wouldn't touch fuck all. And it's just like I've wasted what, like fucking 200, 300 quid, whatever it was, on this fucking on this ratchet. And it was just the biggest piece of gash straight out of a box known <laughs> to man. So I stuck it on eBay, and then that was that. Hmm. Yeah, I have I have the long handled. But my, I've learned that if you just full throttle the some bitch and then get it onto the bolt, it'll break it loose. But uh, okay, like a running stop. Yeah, I've, okay. I, like if I'm taking belly pans off of a machine or something, I'll just hold that bitch and then hopefully it catches the the bolt <laughs> and it'll it'll go. Flick your wrist but... around, smash you in the back, <laughs> you smash you in the face, and you lead on your back. <laughs> yeah, I have the I have the long long neck and then the regular. I actually just bought mm-hmm. the regular size. I love it. And I bought it used. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure. And the guy's like, oh, he just traded it in because he wanted the long handled or the long neck one. So I bought it, and so far it's been freaking. I love it. But I don't know. I don't know if you watched my service truck tour on YouTube. Or I not. haven't. It's like so. So Rachel's at work tomorrow. So although after I've dropped off of work, I'm having a, a YouTube day, and that's on oh. one of the videos on the list to catch up on. So. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry I'm taking away from your time with your significant other. Oh, no, she's at work today as well, so it's oh, all good. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's just fine. You know, talk away. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I mean, hmm, what, so questions you'd like to ask, you said, you, why do I love my job, or is it just anybody in general? Anyone in general, yeah. So, why, yeah, why do you, why do you, what gets you out of bed in the morning other than the money because mm. obviously the money gets us all out of bed oh, but yeah what what is it yeah what what is it what's the enjoyment you pull from your job my job's my job's great man it's a it's tough to say though like exactly why i love it but it's this company you know you've you've heard the term or the the phrase you know ride for the brand mm-hmm. um this company, they just treat, treated me a hell of a lot different than other companies. You know, they actually like worry about family time and, you know, if you need something, take the day off or whatever. No, no big deal. Yeah. And it's just, you're a person, not a number. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of how to, how to say it, but it's just been different. Like I've been there almost three years and it seems like I've been there a month, you know, it's just, been that nice and easy smooth and of course settled comfy happy and then i got a boss that that uh trusts me and says you know if you think that's what it is then go ahead and take care of it instead of you know questioning everything about it and you know i had bosses that never wrenched in their life and argued with me about things and it's just we've all had one of those at least uh, in our time (laughs) it's just way different and I just, I love my job and, you know, I, my boss takes care of me. I've, I've talked about it a lot. So I I try to take care of him too. And, you know, we, he actually sat and talked with me the other day and was just like, you know, gave me the old pat on the back without the pat on the back. Yeah. Yeah. In, in his own way, he was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. And yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty nice to just sit and talk with him and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with it. But anyway, what about you? So again, like when you, like I was listening to you, sort of saying like, "Oh, it's so tough to sort of describe why you do it," and and I and and I feel you. I really do feel you because 
it's hard sometimes to put it into words. But ultimately, I enjoy the challenge, oh, yeah, even though too. it fucks me off. <laughs> Something rotten at times. Like I said, you know, when I was driving home from that job the week, going, "Why the fuck do I do this? You useless piece of shit! What you're doing?" <laughs> but no, I I, learn, I I do really like the challenge, and there's. And it's it's the sa- sense of satisfaction that that I get from fixing something that that's that's such a buzz. And then also seeing clients and customers' faces, like you know, like oh fuck it, you've done it, you've got it back and running. Like so at the minute, like over here, the 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 price for electric, so the money that these people can make mm-hmm. while the engine's running and export electricity is fucking crazy. So every like hour is is massive like losses to them. And yeah, just seeing just seeing the the, the end, you know, the, the customer, the end user, if you like, you know, happy with you know a job well done, and you know, thanks so much, and you know, off you yeah. do something. Sort of that I take a lot of satisfaction from that. Isn't that the best feeling? Like, like you go out there and you're like, I, they've been, they say, I've been fucking with this thing for three days now, I can't figure it out, and you walk over and just give it the old finger touch, and it just <laughs> yeah. the magic it. tap, and they're like, <laughs> you know, you're like God to them right there. Yep, that's the best feeling. But... And, it, and, it, and it, yeah, and it's it, and, it, and it's nicer because yeah, I have those points now where you where you're doing something and and you can you almost feel the cogs turning in your brain going like in your past jobs, previous jobs, previous faults similar, and you're like, and, and this is not big headed at all, but in a sense you have those days and you're like, oh fuck, I am actually good at my job. You know, I have been doing this for for how many years now, and I have actually retained some of this fucking information and i can pull it back out from mm-hmm. you know the memory bank somewhere and get me out of this problem and get this problem sorted and, and those are satisfying moments as well i think so now you've been doing this what 12 years now i think i saw right 12 years i think yeah 12. so i'm just trying to think now so, yes yeah, so this but is the year, year 13 the, i think yeah so are you to the point now to where you hear an issue and you've got all this knowledge now and you're like, well, I think I know what that is. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And you go out and take care, you know, you go out and look at it and that's what it is. You know, you feel like you've held that in certain things or you learn from other stuff and I don't know how to Yeah, it's that, it. mem- that, re- that retained information for sure. So when I was so at the end of my time, when I was working on the diesel stuff, like that was that I was, like, fearless sounds wrong, but like, you know, I go into any job going, like, I'm pretty confident we'll get to the bottom mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Like now, like back on the gas stuff, I'm not, that i'm not as confident as that but i'm a i'm a fucking trier you know i'm i'm not gonna let things defeat me and i'm you know but i'm also not afraid to ask when i don't know and i think that's a big thing that it sounds almost be humble if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. so instead of just sort of going like you know summing through and wasting four hours of your day on some wild goose chase because you haven't really got a fucking clue but you think it might be that having that like um it's a humility i suppose to be able to pick up the phone and ring someone and go look this is what i've done this is as far as you know that i've can get myself to without a prompt or you know or just talk it through with someone yeah. who's got more experience on because at the end of the day you know i haven't got uh, i haven't got as much experience on the the gas or the gas generator side as i did on the diesel generator side so there's still so much more for me to learn which is again which is an exciting part about taking this job is being able to further myself and, yeah, and progress course. my knowledge as well mm-hmm. but yeah you know you still have those things where you hear about a fault and you're like oh, i bet it's that and you go there and fuck me yeah it's that and you're like yes <laughs> I'm a fucking tit, so I'm good at my job. <laughs> so how do you feel about spreading your knowledge? You know, you said it in the beginning, uh, you know, you got those guys that don't want to show you what they're doing. And do you like teaching if you can? Yeah, I do. I do really like teaching. And and I've always liked the idea of, 
don't know if this is going to sound too easy. I've always wanted to like mentor an apprentice. If that makes sense. Oh hell yeah, I'd love to do that. So so that's always you know that, that that's definitely something that's on my bucket list. But I'm you know it's a bit like you know when it comes to normal life, you know, a problem shared is a problem half, and like, you know, it's the same in work. You know, if you can tell someone about a weird fault that you've had and you fix, then that's going to help them in you know late on a fucking Saturday night or whatever you know and. And it, you know, it makes that person feel good. It makes that customer, that customer back online quicker. It makes the company look better. I just, I've never understood the whole retaining information for personal gain. I don't get it. Yeah, definitely. I, I haven't really got to work with anybody like that. Luckily, you know, usually people are pretty helpful, but now it's to the point where I got dealership guys calling me for help. <laughs> yeah, you've talked. I've seen you've touched that. Uh, touched yeah. on that last few sort of podcasts, haven't you? So makes me laugh, you know. And they're making more money than I am, but whatever yeah. is what it is. The money's not a big deal to me anymore. You know, I'm not chasing the highest dollar. I, and you like to think, you know, you like to think whenever you know if you're ever in a bind or you you needed something or a bit of advice or a part number or a part, you know, these are guys that you can call and be like, "Dude, I've done you a solid. How about you return the favor?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I see on here, well, you, you saw a meme a while ago about burnout. Yes, um, have you? I, I saw it, and because I, I think it was, I can't remember what episode it was, and you got you were talking with whoever it was about burnout, and that mm-hmm. popped a few days later, and that again was something that really hit home because that was what I was going through that really rough time at my at my old company. Um, oh, God, I had to write it down. I can't. I can't remember it like word for word off the top of my head. Then we'll or if you can of... see it, feel free to say it because I can't. I'll take me ages well, to find it. Otherwise, the problem with burnout is you don't realize. Hold on, I'm trying to read and I got a glare. <laughs> you don't realize you are borrowing from tomorrow to get through today until tomorrow comes. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. damn right. Like I, I, and I'll vouch for that anytime. So you know, when you... when you're at that point of of complete exhaustion and like mental and physical exhaustion you don't realize yeah you are borrowing from tomorrow to get your fruit to today and then tomorrow mm-hmm. comes around and it's even harder to track your ass out of bed in the morning yeah definitely so what do you i i see you've got a list of stuff and we kind of already talked about it a little bit but for your burnout what do you do to uh avoid it so i i play i, I play flag american football not full contact because I'll be I'll be fucking dead. I'd never be able to go to work. <laughs> so that's a that's a big thing for me. Like we have training once a week, and we've, this was um today was our first uh, first day of the the season. This is we have three games this morning. So that's a big thing for me. Just it's just being, you're going out there and playing with, with the team I play with. You just forget about everything in the world for those few hours when you're either at training or at game day. It's kind of it's one way for me for sure. And it's the same as going to the gym. I'm a, you know, don't know, I'm a podgy fucker, but I, I try. I do get to the gym when I can. That's that's another good way I find for for shutting off and just forgetting about things for a bit. Um, but then another one, like, again, people probably laugh, but I really enjoy playing Farm Simulator. It's a way for I sit down and it's daft as hell. You just fucking drive your tractor or your combine up and down these fucking fields, and you just you don't think about anything else. You just you put your phone down. You don't think about fuck all. You just spend two hours zoned out. And yeah, it's 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 a funny one, but that that one really does it for me as well. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got Farming Simulator for PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I used to play the hell out of it. Then I just yeah. kind of stopped. But it's it's not a bad game. But yeah, there's sometimes where you're just sitting there like this is this is boring. But it's real life, I mm-hmm. guess. If you're in a real yeah. farming seat, but shit, 
Well, but I, th- I think what I, the, the thing I've learned the most from the, dealing with my burnout is I have yeah, something I have to disconnect from everything. If I have to, something that would just almost like you know, that becomes a focus for an hour or whatever, and it's just a way of, of shutting the rest of the world out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like something which again is probably in the last few years I learned to learn to say fucking no. Right, so when your boss like, do you want to work Saturday? And actually go, no, I don't, actually I don't fucking want to. I want to have a fucking weekend. Make the newbie work. <laughs> yeah, make it someone else's problem. I'm fucking yeah. done with this shit. Yeah, I just uh, I kind of did that last week. I'm like, you know what? Make make Steve work. <laughs> and then of course they canceled Saturday anyway, so he didn't even have to work. So he got lucky then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, man. We're sitting at an hour and a half. That is flown by. That's flown <laughs> by. Fair play. I was worried. I was going there before we started. I was like, "Oh man, I'm nervous as fuck." And I think I said, "I'm shitting a brick to you, didn't I?" So, yeah. So, <laughs> which I... before we wrap, like, if we're going to wrap this thing up, do you have any advice for younger guys or anybody in the in this what we do? I don't know. what I'm trying to explain here. So, what I wish someone told me when I was in school and considering doing this is don't be afraid to be you. Cause I, I had friends in school <clears throat> who stayed on for higher education and further education because their parents told them to, not because they wanted to. So if you want to, if you want to be a car mechanic, if you want to be a truck mechanic, if you want to be a fucking tractor mechanic, a boat mechanic, whatever, or you want to be a chippy or a plumber or whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's your life. You're the one that's got to provide for yourself as you get older. So, <clears throat> Heck, try and find something that you love and enjoy and doesn't make you out of bed in the morning really fucking hard. <laughs> Perfectly said. That's great. Uh, anything else before we uh, close this thing out? I don't think so, man. I, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll end this and I'll be like, oh, fuck, I didn't yeah. say that. Or, oh, fuck, <laughs> I didn't ask that. I do that but, all um, the time. Yeah. But no, I think yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think we've sort of covered lots of different things and Talk shit for let's say an hour and a half now, we so I think we're good. Sweet man, where can uh, where can folks find you? On I, you're only on Instagram, I assume, right? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Like, and I, I only set that page up because again, I, I couldn't find many people that posted shit that I worked on. And it's yeah. like, I, you know, because so that I, I did it purely for the fact that if there was another person out there like me that just wanted to look at fucking bits of a generator or like, oh, that looks a pretty looking fucking generator, then they might get some satisfaction from it. So that's yeah. the only reason I do it. But yeah, I actually don't, this is going to really embarrass I don't actually know my Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> I would look, it's but like, we're, we're both yeah, it's, it's, it's Gen Tech Ben is the name, but I don't know if there's any underscores in it or not. I think I think it's Jen underscore tech Ben uh, underscore Ben. I think they've got underscores between the words. Don't worry about it. We uh, <laughs> I always give people shout out, as, so <laughs> I'll tag you in it. And... Appreciate it, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm on there, and it's just you know I don't post very I don't post like regularly. You might some weeks you might get a couple of pictures, other weeks you'll get none. But yeah, it's more just you know, stuff from my day to day and cool shit I see. So hell yeah, yeah some people right. some people like it. They like it. They don't. I don't really give a shit. So exactly. Thank you. <laughs> That's like, that's my favorite saying. Like, like I did my service truck tour and I said in there, you know, this is the way I set my truck up. This is the way I've always set my trucks up. If you like, if you don't like it and you do it some a different way, I don't give a shit. <laughs> this is what works for me and how I yeah. want it. So, you know, anyway, I think we should, uh, 
be done. Let's call it there. Yeah. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoys this episode. I appreciate you coming on. No, yeah. thanks for having me. And I say it's uh, it's been a it's been a long time coming, but it's been a bit difficult being uh, you know halfway across the world. But I appreciate it and uh, yeah, I've enjoyed every minute of it. So thank yeah, you very much. Of course, yeah, no problem. And uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of me. I'm going to go ahead and do this whole thing as I do every yeah. day. <laughs> Certified wrench podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on all social social media pages. Uh, check out the merch line. Uh, I've talked about it before. Not sure what I'm going to do with it, but the more, the more and more I talk to people about it, I think I'm going to cancel, cancel the, the merch line and maybe have some shirts printed and, sell them through PayPal or something. I don't know what the plan is yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, if you guys want to make donations to the podcast, I have a PayPal link on my link tree. Uh, anything helps. I don't care if it's a dollar. I, th- I think the minimum is $5. I don't know. Anyway, anything helps towards uh, all this fun stuff that I get to do. And maybe I can come up with something different, better to FaceTime my guests with other than Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked though it's worked it's it. actually not bad it's been fine um if i missed anything whatever i'll say it next weekend <laughs> anyway guys uh i think that's going to be it again thank you ben for coming on and thank you for uh thank you and rachel for uh it's rachel not it is rachel yeah no, you're i do good. it every <laughs> fucking time thank you guys for uh sending out that package it was uh it was super fun doing that and i can't wait to get something out to you no, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We're looking forward to to receiving ours. And tomorrow, remember, you've got to tell me tomorrow. You're trying the Marmite tomorrow okay, morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll remind Don't my forget. wife right now. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, man. Cheers, everyone.